Do you think the vial of blood contains everybody's blood? There's no reason to have Black Widow's blood in there, right? She's just a <laughs> fucking person. <laughs> it has the quantum media. Who's the guy that has holes? <laughs> Veeb or whatever is his name? You think his blood's Flurp. in there? <laughs> Welcome to Hero Hoopla. Hoopla! Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of saving the world from scary little aliens with gross purple blood. It's purple? We're, That's it nice. Is, yeah, it is their blood's purple. purple. That's the whole thing. It is purple. Yeah, the headshot. Uh, you see the headshot? Yeah. That's why they keep... And the leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the leg and the hand. Mm. And the hand. A lot of blood. Two hits in once. Spoilers. Spoilers. Before you <laughs> get into Spoilers. it. Spoilers. We're here this week talking about episode five of Secret Invasion, Harvest. Fun episode. The penultimate episode. Everyone's favorite word to say when they talk about the second to last episode of anything. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, a lot of exciting stuff happened. We're here to talk all about it. Joining me, as always, on the Hoopla podcast is the Marvel mastermind, Andy Smith. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things, DC, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, and Star Wars. What are we watching this weekend? Are we going to do a triple header, Mission Barbieheimer? Maybe do, uh, do you do Mission Impossible, <laughs> then Barbie, then Oppenheimer? Or do you do Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, then Barbie? Depends on what you mood you're a in. a lot of blockbusters. Or just Barbie, Barbie, and Barbie. Maybe we just do Barbie three times. <laughs> yeah. Do you end with a Christopher Nolan, you know, darkness, or do you end with a bright Barbie sunlight? I I say we do Barbie, then Oppenheimer, and then back to Barbie so that we leave happy. (laughs) That's that's a lot (laughs) of Barbie. It's decided. But no Tom Cruise. Yeah, who needs it? Because we're here talking about Marvel right now. We're talking about Secret Invasion. Joining us for this conversation, of course, is... The alien archaeologist, Chris Pio. <laughs> Why do people say penultimate, but then fail to say ultimate for the last episode? I'm going to change that. We're here to talk about Shit. the penultimate episode today. Chris Pio here. Very excited Ooh, about that. I like that. Uh, but even mm. more excited for the finale now that things have been set up like a volleyball hanging above the net. I am very excited. <laughs> will to they spike out. it or will they fall on their face? Exactly that. Only time will tell. <laughs> will it be an ultimate ending? Exactly that. Mm. Wow. I can't wait for the finish of this season. A finish? Like the last line of the episode? Mm. Anyway. Wow. The fourth member of the See Hoopla what you did there is Jake Laxer. Fresh from scouring all the nearest graveyards for all his secret little stashes of goodies. What'd you find this time, Jake? Who knew all these graveyards are so electronic? You can plug you can plug in anywhere. It's it's great. It's great. Great reception. Great reception near your graveyard. I don't know, plug in, find a USB. It's gotta be there. It's gotta be somewhere. <laughs> Jake Laxer here, lover of all things TV and movies. Uh yeah. This was an episode, and we will talk about it. That's that's oh my, my take. Oh, my. And that's the tagline for the Hoopla podcast. <laughs> that's an episode. We're going to talk about it. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Hoopla podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything we've got going on in the world of Hoopla, Chris, where can they follow us? If you're looking to engage online, perhaps socially in the media format, you can find us at Hoopla Podcasts, both on Twitter and Instagram, as well as TikTok, where you can perhaps see some clips of the episodes, maybe a little behind-the-scenes action. Make sure to check us out at Hoopla Podcasts cross-platform. Beautiful. 
Thank you all. And we appreciate it. If you guys on whatever podcast app you're listening to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, if you guys want to give us a, a, a rating, leave us a comment, a review, hit the subscribe button. If that's an option, I don't even know. Uh, another way you can support the podcast is by checking out our <laughs> sweet merch. Andy, where can they go for that? Go over to hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site for some of our new merch for the, the Hoopla Podcast uh, t-shirt, hoodie, and sweatshirt here. Uh, we'll have some new items popping up here soon as well, so be on the lookout. Beautiful. And now, with all that out of the way, let's dive into this episode of Hero Hoopla, talking about episode five of Secret Invasion Harvest, right after this quick break. No, I want to keep talking. Sing a song, Jake. I am a scroll all my life. <laughs> I never felt this way before. Your name is Rhodey or Priscilla, (laughs) but you're not really Rhodey or Priscilla. I'm Rafa. (laughs) Break it down, graphic. (laughs) My God. That was glorious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was what an ad lib. Wow. I think last week we talked about creating a musical album or a musical show. And now we absolutely have to. That was incredible. Almost as incredible as this TV show. What a fun. <laughs> what do you guys think about this episode? I just fit, I just found it interesting that you just called the show incredible. Incredible. Uh, after yeah. our after our third episode, the kind of the midway point, you were saying you were finding it hard to enjoy and is incredible the right word for you, Jamie? Am I a flip-flopper? <laughs> yes, of course I am. Because this episode, <laughs> ah, not that incredible. Wasn't nah. super <laughs> enthralled by it. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to be positive on the Hoopla podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, this episode, it kind of, I don't know. To me, it just, it just seemed like things happened because they happened. You know, there wasn't a lot of substance to the things going on. There wasn't a lot of good character development that happened in this episode specifically. Um, mm. I was just kind of underwhelmed by everything going on with Gaia and Fury for the most part in this episode. Although things with graphic got a little bit crazy for sure. I I enjoyed the, the graphic part of this episode as well as any time the Senya Fallsworth character is on screen. This goes from Absolutely. like a C minus to like was a the highlight. B plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I am so mm-hmm. happy they introduced this character into the MCU. I hope she starts making appearances in, I think, the larger MCU. I think that would be a great, um, a great addition. Maybe even as a nemesis of maybe like the uh, Valentina uh, character that we've been introduced to. I they're really building out this like spy government agency type, uh, you know, environment for some of our future movies here, which gets me really excited. Wow! If we get. Olivia Coleman opposite Julia Louis Dreyfus because of the MCU. You couldn't have called that f- even five years ago. Maybe, maybe not even, or, or couldn't have called that ten years ago. Maybe five, I guess. That's an insane lineup. Uh, I like your theory crafting there, Andy. I liked this episode, but Jamie, you're right. It was kind of a law ball episode. It wasn't really. It didn't really pack a punch. Mm-hmm. The only packed punch we did get was Fury finally explaining why he came back. Mm. And that was impactful. Impactful, mm. but so questionable. 
Like, it does get into this, like, moral gray area of, like, Fury, what are you doing? Harvesting the, the DNA of our fate. Of, DNA. Of the mm-hmm. superheroes. Like, that is, that's, uh, that's. And then the the only people that know opposite him are his spy, like, Gravic leader, you know, Gravic uh, scrolls, Gravic right. scrolls. That is a, that's an interesting, uh, interesting situation. Yeah. And then the episode, I just felt, if I'm going to use one word, I'm just going to toss out convoluted. I just felt like it was all over the place and it was just kind of a mess. Um, but that yeah, doesn't mean it wasn't fair. a good, you know, it do- doesn't mean there weren't like great moments. Like, yes. And there's like, always great moments about. in the show. We, that's there's what we co- talked you about, got, right? Hey, when you're showing Secret Invasion, you got to have great moments. Um, like you were saying, Sonya Fallsworth, when she was uh, on screen, that was definitely the highlight. Um, I like the interrogation scene where she went to, uh, you know, the doctor who's, you know, fabricating this machine mm-hmm. in order for the scrolls to become superized or whatever. Um, that was enjoyable, you know, and just seeing her sort of witty comments as she's sort of meandering around, you know, that situation. Um, outside of that, you know, uh, Vara trying to convince the president that we need to blow up Russia. I wasn't buying it. I Rava, you know, and like Rava, thank you. Um, and <laughs> quite honestly, where's everyone else? There's, there should be someone other than Rhodey there <laughs> in this no. situation like he's just like in a general hospital like the windows open no. No the president doesn't Jake. need to have security he, he has one he has one advisor okay he yeah. has one advisor and that's the all he needs his cabinet he just needs general or colonel Rhodes. <laughs> It's not actually Colonel that's Rhodes, so which is a bad random. move. But Rhodey showed up to the hospital with eight private security officers, and the president <laughs> showed up to the hospital with Nick Fury, who wasn't allowed into the <laughs> yeah. operating room. Yeah. Who literally <laughs> just got fired. He was and literally where, just fired. We're like, where's his clearance? Where were other doctors? Like, it's the president <laughs> yeah. of the United States. Yeah. And you're telling where me that there's the just like anybody? one attending like wheeling him into the operation room i i, I right <laughs> imagine how stressful that must be for that intern <laughs> when 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 nick fury was confronting rhodes and there was one there was only one security rhodes only had one security guard then nick walks around a corner and then immediately nine <laughs> show up <laughs> They're like, what just happened here? Like, how did they even get on screen? Like, all nine of these guys just come out and they all—they're all ready, like lined yeah. up with their guns pointed at Fury. Yeah, there were some odd. There were some odd decisions there. Does Does Ritson have a family? Like, why is is Colonel Rose the only person waiting with the president when he wakes up from whatever <laughs> is ailing him? Coma? I don't know. Is he in a coma? That the whole maybe hospital Rhodes bit. is his family. Maybe that's how it's only family. Also, I don't know. Wait, and also, what is Colonel Rhodes? Is he like the leader of the Joint Chiefs yeah. of Staff or something? Like, I don't know. yeah, that, that's what I don't understand. He's just like a random colonel. Why is it him? Like, why is the Secretary of State not standing there and being like, "We need to fix this diplomatic issue"? Exactly. I, I think because he's Donnie Cheats. After watching that, I think I have decided what is wrong with this show, and again. Again, I've said it before. This is maybe the last time I'll say it. 
I am enjoying the show. I cannot wait for the finale. But I think I figured out what's wrong. Isn't it's we talked you about mean, it last week? It's uh, the uh, ultimate I, I'm episode. Gonna, I'm gonna pause. Oh, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you so welcome. <laughs> like, I, I should be doing it myself. If, be the change you want to yeah, see yeah. in the world. Yeah, uh, exactly. I believe the main problem with this show is the uh, power creep. And what I mean by that, mm. if you're if you're not a gamer at all, is it, power creep is when you have one powerful thing that eventually gets overtaken by an even more powerful thing, even though they don't address why it became more powerful. This show has a problem with power struggle in the sense that why is every episode about saving the president or saving the world from nuclear explosion? There should have been a better buildup with this show. We should have waited to see Gravik's master plan, even if it isn't a very good plan, until this episode, or maybe even the very last episode. It, it, he's just been trying to blow stuff up. And I, we were thinking, oh, Jamie, you said it last week, you're tired of him not being a leader. He's just kind of, you know, being struggling for power. It would have been so much better for him as a character. He started as a great character. Now he's just trying to blow stuff up. He doesn't really have a plan, just like Talos. So... I think this show really should have scoped what the problem is more instead of just saying the president is in danger. Let's save him because they haven't really written well around that. And I w I wish they didn't like lay out his plan to us like in an exposition dump with just fury on the phone. Right. I wanted that, to almost like play out over time where the first episode was like, oh, we're in. He blew up Moscow, right? Like, and that that laid the groundwork. And then they, they can build for the next few episodes, keep building the tension, keep building the tension. But we're getting diverted over to Ritson, who we don't know as a character. And yeah. we know that, and we know mm -hmm. the outcome of, you know, well, from trailers, there uh, there's other characters that are coming into the MCU. So we kind of know the ending to some of these characters. Yeah, there may or may not be a... Coming up, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't wanting to to say that necessarily, but I didn't want to spoil anything. But in the fifth, <laughs> like, and then spoiler, and spoiler, then just spoiler. let like Gravik's plan play out in the fifth and sixth episode. I agree. And then they just introduce this mutiny, and I enjoyed the mutiny yeah. scenes. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, the mutiny scenes were cool. They, they were fun, but also it's like, did we need that? Like, what does that do for the yeah. story? That seems like and goes back. I don't like. I'm, I'm like Chris. I'm like I do enjoy this, but I have this right. <laughs> uh, it goes back to I think this is kind of some filler. I, I hate using that word. Some filler content mm. for something that would have been a movie. Like this could have been a movie, and you could have cut that whole storyline, right? No, I absolutely disagree that the mutiny was filler. I think the mutiny is the most interesting storyline that's happened with the scrolls okay. since. Okay. Like the start of the show. Oh. <laughs> we finally have Kravik's plan all along has been, let's blow shit up, start a war, and then we'll be the only survivors. Which, I mean, that's that's one way to go about it, sure. But now we have the <laughs> scroll, the people actually fighting for themselves. They're not just following along with this leader. He put it down within 10 minutes, like within three scenes. Right. Like he sure. killed off all of his generals and yeah, he's way more powerful than anybody. But I still think it's interesting to see what the people, what the population of New Skrullos, their what their That's plan true. is for That's the fair. future, what they want out right. of their lives, as opposed That's to fair. just seeing Gravik, who's this power hungry leader who's willing to kill all of his people if it means 
he gets to be the new Superman. Well, and that's and that's the reason that he throws the the general out of the window, and you see the kids, and then an old elderly gentleman, and like, because oh, now the the people see what Kravik truly is. Like that's what they're trying to do. I think it could have been better, like or played out longer. Like you can kind of see Pagan was kind of. I've never really liked that character. He's kind of a loose cannon type. Um, so you saw him wavering through the past few episodes, but then to just kind of, oh, he's now going to take out all, all of his generals. Well, they try and take him out. So um, I don't know. It was interesting. I, I like the scene. I like what you're talking about there, Jim, um, in terms of, you know, sort of seeing the people's perspective on it. Um, my biggest qualm with this scene was the fact that, you know, I think Pagan, yeah, that guy rightly deserves to die, sure, for being who he is. But <laughs> we got Beto, played Yikes. by Samuel Adawumi. R.I.P. Beto, who literally gets introduced into this show as, you know, a... a scroll promised for a new life a new opportunity yeah. he, he yeah. kind of gets pushed aside in the story and like finally when he has like a, a little bit of courage in his pocket he just gets murdered by a graphic and it's like for what why did we introduce this character why did we give him screen time if he was just gonna be murdered at- <laughs> not every I, character that i don't know is I shown has to earned. make it to the end the purpose of that character is to show how the people the population of Skrullus are feeling about this, how the underlings below Gravik go about like thinking he's a good leader. They change their mind and to show Gravik's leadership style, not really leadership style, Gravik's I'm a piece of shit style um, (laughs) and see what he is growing to. So the character of Beto is just used as a way to show who Gravik is now compared to what the population of Skrullus wants. I, I think it would have been so much more effective, though, if, if he's harmed or injured and then, you know, is given an opportunity to provide like a better source of light and maybe meets up with Gaia and they, you know, work cooperatively. I just think it was just such a waste. Jake, I think we are in the end. What you're kind of saying is you like the storyline makes sense. And like right. the yep. like all of that that works. It's more of we needed more time. Yeah. You know, with certain characters and you see certain motivations and like maybe you see the scrollless people through Gaia's eyes as she's been a part of that community as well. Um, but, they, you know, their their answer to that was the Beto character and then showing that Gravik turns into a, a giant green monster and, and, and screams. Right. <laughs> he got <laughs> Which I did like that ending, yeah, though, when he turned that was into sweet. the... Like, I was like, okay, his scroll like look is pretty cool. Yeah, like, I want him to change into that and take on some people. Right. I, yeah. I'm in agreement with you. Jake, I, I like you, you bringing it up, because he's, he's kind of supposed to be the pulse of the people. You know, oh, he's brought yeah, in as an innocent. Yeah. We see how this whole operation works. You know, we give them food from their home planet as soon as they get here. And then I thought we were finally going to get like a, oh, yeah, I'm scared. I don't know what's right, what's wrong. And then Gravik tries to tell them what's right, what's mm. wrong. And nope, we just kind of get an assassination attempt. <laughs> and, he, and then <laughs> yeah, Beto, exactly. And then Beto dies. <laughs> also, Beto needs to know that if he's going to try and assassinate the leader, 
don't glare at him angrily for multiple <laughs> awkward seconds on end while he's you know the, everyone walks away and beto is just staring at gravik and you're like dude beto you need to like hide your emotions yeah. right now and walk away <laughs> you're putting a target um, on your back my guy well, maybe he'll do better next time he tries to start a coup. Uh, but we yeah. did get to see another instance of our best friend Gravik putting way too much sugar into his coffee and then not drinking his coffee. That's the oh. third time this season. No way, really? Yeah. Dude, oh love sugar. Gosh. Gravik is actually um, the roach in Men in Black, truly. Maybe. <laughs> or he's aspiring to be the roach for Men in Black because he has still not taken a sip. I wonder if that's what they have the DNA of in the harvest. Do you think they have the giant cockroach in there? So I haven't, I haven't caught on the onto this, JB. So has he truly not taken a sip out of his coffee at any point during the season? As far as I can tell, he has not taken a sip of coffee okay. at all. But that's okay. <laughs> Is that just like an acting thing? And it's like I'm one of the people I, stirring my sugar, menacing as hell. Look at all the sugar I can put into his coffee. He does look pretty cool when he does it, to be honest. So you know, I like the acting choice. So it's, it's a flex. It's a power play. <laughs> That actor, uh, Kingsley Benadir. Kingsley Benadir. He is a very cool actor. Like he's very like slick. He does look like a villain, but you kind of want to like him. At least I do. Yeah. But also, he seems like he he seems like a good leader. He's in the Barbie movie. Like, I mean, so he's not a good leader. Maybe we do have to go see the Barbie movie. Oh. Is he? A he's one Wait, of the Kens. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no way. Um, Love to hear it. Love to hear let's, it. Hell yeah. Let's move over and talk about one of our other characters that we had in this episode. Two of the other characters. We had a weird little interaction between Gaia and Vara. Not that the interaction between them was weird. I guess mm. I just mean that. <laughs> you said weird. I like how that's the introduction. Go on. <laughs> the way that they were put together in this episode was strange to me. It seemed like kind of out of nowhere that fury would just send gaia to his wife and be like oh yeah you can go bury your dad also how did they get the body back of talos who knows but <laughs> i'm gonna add to that this looks like a nice suburban neighborhood or is it just like commonplace to just be burning bodies just like out in the backyard well she did say it was like, private so it's probably not suburban okay okay sure 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 and also it's england okay. who that, cares that's reassuring so so <laughs> it, it, this is in england where did didn't his body like that was in russia presumably that's what i thought right was the attack Unless, in russia i'm trying to or was it in england the attack may have been in england and the russians by russians yeah. there's been a lot of just like back and forth travel without us knowing where they are. I wish they did just maybe a little, you know, one of the little cues. Yeah, like just put the written. put the name of the place April right on the screen. April nineteenth, twenty twenty five. Yeah, you know, just yeah, a lot of jumping okay, around. So it's in. So she gets the body. I I did really appreciate that they've kind of they've set up. Obviously, the body movement is weird. I thought that was odd. Like she's sitting in the truck with with her dad, which is really sad, by the way. Um, and I think Amelia Clark is is wonderful in this role. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. when they once again, this series shines when you have these individual character moments. 
um two characters inter- interacting here uh with you know vara they've set it up with vara and nick having their conversations over the past few episodes we finally get to know who vara is um i think early in the season that was a bit of a i i, I wanted more time with her before they made the choice to not shoot each other but like once that's happened you really understand her as like you start to understand her as a character and then we've learned you know we we have the time with talos we, you can kind of see Gaia as Talos's daughter at this point, and Amelia, Amelia Clark's wonderful. I thought that was such a great like moment between the two of them, burning the body, but then Gaia coming back in and spurning her about, oh, you, you, you never show your actual face. And then she she says, oh, I apologize. And, you know, Vara says, you meant to hurt me. You're a kid. Like, it's such it's a good kind of like almost familial uh, type of relationship. So I thought that was a fun one. I, I would like to see more of that. Like, once again, I think we could use a lot more time with a bunch of these characters together. Yeah, the past couple episodes have been 30 minutes long, which seems too short for a lot of these interactions like if we're getting all these new character dynamics of vara and gaia getting together and uh all these new things happening we should have a little bit more time at least i don't know what do you think jake yeah um i thought it was good to be able to see sort of a mentorship sort of opportunity there uh, between the two characters, but uh, I was getting some heavy Mr. and Mrs. Smith vibes when they were back to back fighting the intruders. Oh in yeah, the home, yeah. especially when you have the guy like repelling from the ceiling into yeah, the house. What the, uh, what the fuck just, was like, that? Coming in from all directions. <laughs> that was so late. It, it, it was, was just, unnecessary. Just one dude from the ceiling, but like three minutes <laughs> after the rest of his friends came in from the store. I, I like how he's like hanging there at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, in the background as they're talking, yeah. and they're like, "You got to get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> the dude's just hanging in the background halfway <laughs> off the ground. He was only there to be hanging. <laughs> oh, the end of man. The, the real question is if that stun actor is actually hanging there. At that point, you know, they just had a little mannequin. They're like, put, put, put the mannequin up. This is another example of what I mean by this escalation problem. It's like, why are Gaia and Priscilla fully trained to be these just... I don't even know what you want to call them. Mercenaries? Battle tactic mercenaries? Why are they strapping mm-hmm. on vests and and know how to accurately like lead a shot through a pane of glass? Like it, none of that well, makes sense. Okay. Well, argument number one, Vara is yeah. Nick Fury's wife yeah, of twenty years. That so that makes absolute sense that she would be yes. capable of yep. holding her yep. own yep. in a combat. And Gaia has been trained to be a mercenary, a secret spy for as long as Nick Fury has been having this team of Skrull spies. I think it's very valid that both of them are skilled in combat. I would say probably subterfuge is the primary skill that Skrulls in their position should have rather than combat mechanics. But all right, that's fine. I mean, yeah, if they know Nick Fury, they're probably trained. It's the world we live in here in the MCU now. (laughs) Every single person is super. It's Maybe like, that's my problem. Yeah. You just yeah, have to come to terms. But at least they're not time bending super. Not it's yet. not like we've gotten to the multiverse <laughs> yet. <laughs> Until they get that Doctor Strange blood and then they can all open up new universes or whatever. Which we got to talk about Nick Fury's plan. So we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the episode how Nick Fury admitted that it's all his fault really that this whole thing is happening with Gravik and the scrolls because he collected the blood samples from every single avenger including carol danvers um at the battle of earth and 
he has saved their DNA in a weird little vial in a weird little cemetery. <laughs> and it doesn't seem sanitary. J- Jamie, you're, oh. you're a doctor. Is that up to lab standards <laughs> to store multiple strains of DNA in one vial? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a question about that too. <laughs> this weird, like this weird, like clear looking vial. We're like, wait, how is that all of their DNA? Can we isolate <laughs> effectively? That's the question. <laughs> It's mutated or something. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. This is man. how they introduce nanotech. The nanotech. Nanotech. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. And Fury says that part of the reason why he didn't invite his super friends or whatever uh Sonia Fallsworth called them. Um mm-hmm. Is because this is his fight and we can't rely on them to save us every time. Sometimes we need to do it on our own, which I think is like, I mean, I get it if he's, you know, he feels self-conscious. He's like, oh, no, this is all my fault. I got to I got to save the world. But also he's risking every single human on Earth. Yeah. Hoping that that he can save the day instead of just having Captain Marvel show up. Is it truly because he doesn't want to swallow his pride, the fact that he did something that's morally reprehensible, which is take the DNA of all of his friends so he can use that in the future? <laughs> I think it's more I mean... that because the last the last time Fury had to talk about how superheroes were unavailable to call was in that Spider-Man Far From Home film. But like the only problem at that particular case in point was the uh uh what's his name oh mysterio mysterio was kind of causing trouble in paris you know they thought that the friendly neighborhood spider-man could handle this now it is a secret invasion of a million alien races (laughs) some of which are now super powered and some also of which want to eliminate humans by starting a nuclear war. I think this would be the time to call your friends. <laughs> yeah, the stakes are really high. I think <laughs> I think that's a valid argument you got there, Chris. I, yeah, By the way, Carol, sad. remember the people that you uh, saved back in the 90s? Well, there's about a million of them trying to erase the humans from, uh, yeah. from the Earth. Could you, like, fly down here? For I don't know a day and a half. <laughs> to just help me out. <laughs> Not even. Do you have like thirty minutes at lunch that you could just come in just and kill go over for me? Hill That'd be real nice. Very quickly, and then fly <laughs> yeah. away. Carol, you want to go out for lunch? Nah, I gotta run an errand on my break. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go a few galaxies over. Kill this one guy. I'll be right back. Yeah, that would be too easy, and we wouldn't have a show. So I guess that's True. why he's not doing it, because well, we need to have this Disney Plus content. Oh, well, he did lose the, was it a, a pager? Mm-hmm. If that's the reason he's not calling Carol <laughs> yeah. Danvers, it's because he lost his <laughs> he pager. He definitely has another pager. Then now. he like, is fucking not the Nick Fury I thought he was. Everyone has been right this whole season. He still ha- He's like, well, I lost that 90s pager back in 2000. 15. Ooh, I only knew how to call her on a payphone. Shoot, <laughs> yeah. what do I do now? And how does that connect in the first place? Like, galaxies way away. Like, how does that... I don't even know how that works. Nanotech, Jake. Nanotech. It's Bluetooth. That's a review of Infinity War. Yeah, we can't Infinity go back War. To that right now, Jake. Uh, yeah, Captain Marvel. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's sending it back. Do you guys like that reveal? Like, does that harvest reveal, like, hit for you? I mean, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I, it makes, I, I mean, it's something I think he would have done. I loved the reveal. 
and I especially love conceptually what Fury's trying to do and why he chose to hide that. Uh, that all makes sense to me. The accompanying vial and like method <laughs> of actually <laughs> containing the harvest uh, was all just very silly and dumb. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It should have been in a, a safe house or like an old Avengers right. compound. We could have had With like more episodes. multiple vials of every I, I just, sort of, of secret every individual lab. DNA. And multiple right. vials would be nice. You know, they don't you have guys to be, just they, don't understand bios. One has an H on it. One has a CA, like a DNA super elixir. One has a rocket. <laughs> Yeah, how are you supposed to pick and choose yeah. your superheroes? Yeah, I would like to have Hulk's power, but I would also not like to become a raccoon. Yeah. Is that possible? Nope. It's all yeah, or nothing, no, baby. Yes, green raccoon. I guess what... Uh, but why did... How was he able to find Groot's DNA? Because he... Didn't I mention he he was um, one of the people or was associated with gathering the DNA? So he got some of them. He gathered the DNA, but it was to it was with Fury. Like Fury has the DNA, but somehow he still got Groot's DNA. I'm, so I wonder. I, think, I guess there were some publicly accessible. Well, so now if we're thinking about this on a deeper level, you can go back to Rhodey, who has been there the whole time and would likely have the resources and availability to pick up as part of kind of the. Um, uh, uh, what's the Department of Damage Control, uh, the DDC? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He probably has a leg in there, and, and when Groot and Cole Obsidian fought on Earth, I'm pretty sure Rhodey would have a way to recover some of that DNA. That's what I was thinking. It was like Groot, Cole Obsidian, the Frost Beast, and the Extremis. Though those DNA samples were collected separately from mm. the blood gathering from, uh, harvest, yeah, the, yeah. Battle yeah. Of Earth. the Battle that of makes Earth. sense. Okay, but what I'll tell you the best part of that scene though is when Nick Fury walks in to the mausoleum, opens up each individual casing, yeah. and yeah. puts on puts on his outfit, baby. Fury's there's nothing. Back. There's nothing better than a setup setting up the ultimate episode <laughs> by him putting on his eye patch. <laughs> Oh, the ultimate episode. <laughs> I actually did think that was pretty cool visually. I was like, wow, that is yeah. the coolest mausoleum of all time. Yeah. It's time. It's Let's time. finish this. All right. So we've got more to talk about for the whole episode, but who's on the phone? And why is Ooh. it Maria Hill? Today in my 37-minute no. video it's essay, I will be Hill. explaining to you. <laughs> oh, no. Do you actually think it's Maria Hill? Because I don't know who it is. Uh, I feel like at this point, if they brought her back, it'd be a, a huge discredit. So I Absolutely. hope it's not. Oh man, it, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be Maria Hill for sure. Yeah, who else would it be? Is it would it be like Gaia and Vara? Like it's time we're on. Oh my gosh, or it's Carol it Danvers <laughs> with the pager. <Yeah. laughs> no, no, seriously, um, no, seriously, it's gonna oh, be Carol. It's gonna be Carol yeah, Danvers. Yeah. There is a Marvel okay, movie. Yeah, it sh it should be. You're right. Yeah, she is the scrolliest Avenger. Yeah, that's a that's a good theory. So, Chris, you think it's going to be Maria? I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, that, no, no, I, I want to know your theory. Do you, is okay, that, are we actually who, going who, around? Yeah, we're going to go around the table with Chris starting off. Who do you think it is, or who who do you think it is, and who do you think it? Who do you want it to be? I think it's Priscilla, honestly, because mm. we need resolution there. I feel like them just kind of walking away from each other wasn't really the resolution I was hoping from them after seeing such important and 
uh, another word for, I guess, love. I mean, I they did love each other through all that time in certain ways. So to see their, their building of a relationship and how important their work together was, as well as their personal life, I would like for her to be in the final episode in a way that ends up positive with Fury. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's Priscilla, and I also hope it's Priscilla. Is that okay. an acceptable answer? <laughs> that's, that's an acceptable answer, Jake. All right, we're going to go shot in the dark here. I'm going to just say Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We're going to bring the Marvel shows together, and we're going to see how this this <laughs> you know situation oh, of starting it. the Young Avengers begins to unfold. That's We're, we're just going to go. Shot in the dark. That's who you want it to be. Yeah. Who do you think it is? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Isn't she going to be like a predominantly evil character? Yeah, she's not like a positive character. That's why I thought I she mean, was actually maybe going to be a scroll. Well, we'll see. But uh, oh. um, but I, I do kind of like bringing some of the Marvel TV shows together with all the different characters. I really want Valentina and uh, and Sonya Fallsworth to meet. I'm going to go next, and I now think it's going to be Carol Danvers. I didn't wow. think about this prior to this episode, but I do think with the Marbles coming out in about a month and a half, there's been some reporting that potentially the Marbles story is going to be a sequel to whatever happens. And of course it has to because it's happening after, but reporting there's it's a sequel in nature and that's all the reporting there is but does that mean that she shows up in the final episode to then set up the movie that's coming out in a month and a half i i think that's pretty likely um maybe that's who i shows up on a lunch break who i want it to be i kind of wanted to be carol danvers let's just throw a (laughs) wrench on this (laughs) carol danvers coming in to save the day coming in hot Uh, yeah i honestly don't know who it is and what i also i'm interested in what fury's plan is like why did he go and get the vial why if this is the real harvest to hide it why did he go get the harvest and is seemingly going to bring it to graphic what is his plan between now and saving the day his plan is to superize himself with everyone's dna oh, ho, ho, ho. oh my. that would be awesome that is his oh, plan dang you think he's gonna become a superhero yeah why not you think samuel let's keep wants let's to do keep that? samuel L. jackson oh. around in the mcu for a little bit longer and let's just make him an absolute beast why not if that is the case I have a new guess for who he's talking to on the phone, Bruce Banner, because he needs a scientist capable of infusing the DNA into him to give him superpowers. Or, like I was saying, bringing our other TV shows together, it's She-Hulk, and he's talking to her (laughs) about the legality of this situation. Okay, even better, one up you, what about Bruce Banner's son? Ooh, we could bring in Bruce Banner's son. You guys, you're ignoring the obvious choice. It's Moon Knight. They've never worked together before, and that's why he needs him. But which New Moon theory. Knight? Which personality? But but the Egyptian he but Moon Knight sees in the sky that uh, that one of his, that someone needs his help. So Oscar Isaac, what what's better in an ultimate episode than Oscar Isaac? <laughs> the ultimate actor. <laughs> wow, those are some oh, yeah, those are wild. My dude. real guess 
is that it's Adam Sandler, and they're going to team up to take down <laughs> Shooter McGavin once and for all. In Grown yes. Ups 3, it's happening. It's happening. It's I fun. thought you were about to go back. I thought you were going to go back to Maria Hill, because no one no. said Maria Hill, but honestly, it's probably going to be Maria yeah. Hill. If they bring back Maria Hill with that phone call, and then just kind of say that she's been doing stuff the whole time... I don't know, man. I'm out. <laughs> okay, you can't say I'm out because you're definitely not going to be. I'm not out. watching any more episodes after this. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the last episode I watch. I tell you that. <laughs> that'll be the final <laughs> ultimate episode of the Secret. I refuse to watch the post ultimate episode. Hypothetically, if if it is Maria Hill and they bring her back, will she continue to be a side character for the MCU? That is my question. <laughs> yes, like. No increase in like like time on film. It's just like again the same consistent just like background character that we get to see that should not be a background character. Just always a special guest appearance yeah. from Kobe Smulders. <laughs> every guest, single guest episode, yeah. every single movie, yes. always forever. She could take over Fury's position. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh, she could even use the uh, what do they call it, the widow's veil. Oh, oh yeah, we didn't oh, talk about the widow's really veil. Cool. That's that interesting cool. that we now have. We brought that back, the Widow's Veil, so now the humans can also do their sneaky mm-hmm. little face-changing thing, which is just going to make the ultimate episode of this show a million times more confusing if humans and scrolls are all just different people than we think they are. I'm already confused thinking about it. Did you, did you consider that line to the audience, buddy? That was your rule one from the very start. Um, no. Okay. I wouldn't consider that. The, I mean, they made it pretty obvious that... The Finnish dude was Samuel L. Jackson yeah, in disguise. <laughs> like, why are they whatever? showing this yeah. weird white hair, white beard guy with a funny accent? That's got to be somebody important who we just saw with a passport a minute ago. So, no, I wouldn't describe consider that lying to the audience they could potentially lie to us later if you know maria hill comes back but i think everything's (laughs) above board at the moment jamie before we you know wrap up here we didn't talk about the quick small cameo that i thought was a little that was pretty interesting which was this rick mason character uh that flew uh nick fury over to finland uh he was in from black uh, widow from black widow i i really like that character in black widow where he was the uh, an arms salesman previously a part of shield um and it had a relationship with with natasha um i like how they are you know making some like a an operative that's still out there i i like having those connection points like shield while it's dissolved and it's you know from its initial form um there's still spies out there and i think that's a really good way to to bring in new characters or or push on characters we've just seen in different spots, kind of like Maria Hill, honestly. Uh, but yeah, Rick Mason, that was a interesting uh, character to to pull in there. It could have been anyone. You didn't really even need that scene, but it's a uh, keep expanding the universe with some of these connection points. What is the thing? Interpol red letter or something? I've never even heard of that. I've never even like heard of that in like video games. Oh, and like stuff. red notice. Oh, a notice. Oh no. Okay, no, he was in Interpol. Like he's in that that like he's a part of Interpol now. 
after Black Widow, which is the the global kind of organization. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm... Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Side character that doesn't matter. Hey, he's yet. a funny character. He was pretty funny. Doesn't matter yet. He brought some. Yeah. He doesn't matter yet. We got to build the world. <laughs> we need more characters. We need more yeah. TV shows about smugglers. Thank you all for tuning in this episode of the Hero Hoopla podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have as many crazy theories as we do. As we get to the end of the episode, it's time for us to go around and give it our hoopla rating. This week, we'll give it on a scale of 1 to 10 hooplas. What do you guys think of this episode, Jakey boy? Five. Next question. <laughs> Andy? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, man. Uh, I gave last week's epi- episode a six. I'm going to give this one a seven uh, because of Sonya Fallsworth. And she is Hoopla. just an outstanding character. She's and, you fantastic. Know, we've, seen a, we've seen an interrogation, but when she actually kills that uh, the, the man that was holding the, the doctor... Yeah hostage there for a moment that was just a great scene yeah so quippy i could honestly give me a mini series just about her life seriously yeah oh man now that she's like the head of whatever that security agency is in britain yeah Yeah, i'd watch that i'd watch that for sure chris what'd you think i uh First of all, look up Interpol notices. This is a just a huge plethora of information there that I kind of fell in a bit of a rabbit hole. To circle back and talk about this episode, last episode I, I gave a 7.5. I thought maybe one of their strongest. This wasn't a bad episode. It was just kind of a bleh episode <laughs> the biggest part of it was indeed the reveal with with fury and to have those two actors on screen you're talking olivia coleman going you know head to head with samuel L. jackson in a car ride scene and and one of the best scenes of the show where we do finally get the reveal that this is all fury's fault so that scene was the important part the rest of the episode was just someone said it earlier and filler uh it was a lob episode it was just a setup episode for hopefully what is a big bang in the finale the ultimate episode that's what i'm kind of concerned about is they set up so many things that the finale episode sorry the ultimate episode needs to be like (laughs) 90 minutes long yeah it better be if they want to tie up all these stories no it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be 39 minutes no, if uh, it is comes that in anywhere under 45, it's going to be not enough time. Oh, it might not yeah. be enough time, but it'll be a good time. On trend, <laughs> it's going to be 30 That's minutes. what we're getting. <laughs> I hope not. I Yeah, we I hope that see. you have enough time to finish everything out. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I'll give it maybe a 6.43 out of 10 on this episode. <laughs> I thought it was wow. fine. I thought there were some good parts. I thought some of it were just kind of... Uh, uh, that's how I felt. That noise right there is how I felt about most yep. of this episode. Yep. Why the 6.43 rather than a 6.4? Um, what, because what gave it that there was, 0.03? It would have been, been a 2 out of 10, except for Sonia Fallsworth being on screen for as long as she was. Facts. And so she got <laughs> one it. point for every minute she was on screen. Although, <laughs> interesting about her, we didn't talk about, she isn't quite as in the know about squirrels as I maybe thought she was. Like, she was surprised that Fury was married to a squirrel. She didn't know that Rhodey was a squirrel. Right. Which I thought was interesting. To be um, fair, I thought uh, Nick Fury just found out that Rhodey was a squirrel. At least that's what we're led to believe. That's true. That's true. I just thought she was on top but of I- her stuff. She does go to the doctor's house and says, hello, scrolls. 
I thought that yeah. was <laughs> that was funny. Both on intro. brand as well as kind of like a, oh, so she knows she's in the know now. Uh, also, she, so, and she she shot her boss, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I do have a theory based on a conversation that Sonia and Fury had uh, when they were discussing Nick Fury's honeymoon. He said that scrolls like the cold, and Sonia was like, "Huh? You're married to a scroll? That's crazy." Why don't we just let the scrolls live in Antarctica? Give them that whole oh, continent. We don't need Beautiful. them. Send them down. Oh my god! We can even continue doing testing there. I mean, yeah. they're, they're immune to radiation. Yeah, they can they're... blow themselves up. Who cares? I just solved the whole MCU. <laughs> give the scrolls Antarctica. Why don't you just give them with the place right next to New Asgard, where all the Asgardians just took over without asking anyone, anyways? Don't I mean, ask questions, Andy. <laughs> like, there's so much land that they could just go and settle on. Like New Asgard, they just went there but as guardians are are just kind of other humans well, wow you can't say that <laughs> why can't i say that they are as guardians they're just like prophetic humans from the stars also thor like is a very well-known hero on earth whereas there's no scroll heroes in fact there's only scroll villains true but their other leader, Loki, killed millions in New York, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever heard That's of true. Talos the Terrific? <laughs> <laughs> there are children's books about him, Chris. Yeah, he died protecting the Citadel. Well, thank you all for tuning in to, to this episode of Hero Hoopla. Tune in again next week for the ultimate episode of Secret Invasion and the ultimate episode of Hero Hoopla. Until our next season of Hero Hoopla, which will inevitably inevitably come out sometime soon. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff to stay up to date with what we're doing. We got all sorts of crazy stuff happening in the near future. Jake's coming back to America soon. Yay! <laughs> and as we end every episode of the Hoopla <laughs> podcast, it is time for the moment of highest Hoopla. The quote of the episode. What do you got for us this week, Andy? As Nick Fury said, this is personal. We can't keep depending on these superheroes to swoop in and save our asses. None of them have the live the life I have. None of them can even defend the world the way I can. You tell him, Nick. Nick, that's not even true. Except for Carol Danvers, who can... Furious. They can definitely save the world the way you can, and more so.